0: I can hold a handful of walnut seeds, mm-hmm. but when I plant them and the harvest come, I'm gonna need a truck to help me carry weather, While some of the children are coming out to help me out, uh, I'm going to start off by giving you a visual representation of, of the message, and then I'm going to come back and, and dig deeper. But I want to give you the visual representation to to help plant it in your minds that when I start going back and teaching through it, you will have a better understanding of, of, of what God was doing through Moses in their journey. So uh, if the children can come on out to uh, help me uh, real quick, what we're going to talk about today is the danger of insatiable desires the danger of insatiable desires. And we're going to look at the story of the Exodus when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. We all know the stories, the plagues, Moses, uh, Pharaoh's refusal to let the people go. So at the point when they got ready to leave out, you can just come on up. You can just bunch up right here. When they got ready to leave out, Since you talk, we're going to let you be Moses. So you have the children of Israel. So God instructed Moses that he was going to lead the people out. But before they left, God had the people go to the Egyptians, and the Egyptians gave them gold, gave them precious jewels. So when they went into the wilderness, they did not go broke. That's the point we're going to look at. So Moses is leading them out of the wilderness, out of Egypt. So Moses just walked around the circle. Y'all follow Moses. Moses being led by a pillar of cloud in the day and fire by night. They get to the Red Sea. Stop. The children started murmuring, they started complaining. I like you complaining. All right, stop. They started complaining because now they're at the river, the Red Sea. Two mountains on the side of them. Pharaoh in hot pursuit behind them. They started complaining to Moses. Remember this point. I'm gonna explain it later. So we know what happens. God come up. He splits the Red Sea, and the Bible says they walk in on dry ground. Red Sea parted. God didn't just parted the waters. He dried the ground so they can walk with no mud on their shoes. They get to the other side. God closes the water drowns the Egyptians. It's another point we're going to look at. So now they're walking in the wilderness again. Moses is walking. Children are following. Moses stopped because God stopped. Children started complaining again. Amen. This time they wanted water. Moses went to God. Go, go to God like you praying. Moses started praying. That's how you pray, Moses. Moses started praying. Moses come back. The water was bitter. He threw a tree in. The water was purified. They started walking again. The cloud stopped, Moses stopped Then the people stopped People started complaining again They was hungry So Moses went back to God to pray again God talked to him and said I'm going to let manna fall So he went back to the people after he prayed Said God is going to give you manna So every morning when they woke up It was bread on the ground So now they had bread to eat So Moses started walking again The people started traveling, they started following Moses stopped, people started complaining again This time they wanted some meat so Moses go back to God and pray. Moses. So Moses prayed to God. He come back. He tell the people now God's gonna give you chicken sandwiches every day. I mean, it was quail. Tastes like everything tastes like chicken. Chicken sandwich. So now they got chicken sandwiches. So they Moses started back traveling again. People start start complaining. They were complaining because they were eating the same thing. And now understanding that God promise to supply our needs, not our greeds. Some of us are complaining about food because we can't go to Ben Hunters because we got to eat sandwiches three times a week. But all God said I'm apply for your needs. If that's ramen noodles, that's ramen noodles. It ain't got to be. We'll keep going. Moses start walking again. He go to God. Start to pray. Y'all stop. Pray to God. He come back because the people was complaining about water. This time, Moses strikes the rock, gets himself in trouble, and now he loses out on the promised land. Moses allowed what someone else was going through to cause him to make a bad decision that affected what God had to do with him. So now God had to punish both of them. Now you can sit down. Let's give him a hand. (laughs) Understand that in the danger of an insatiable desire, insatiable means always wanting more. Always wanting more. Always needing more, impossible to satisfy. Impossible to satisfy in the exodus is the great deliverance wrought for the children of israel when they were brought out the land of egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm the time of their sojourning in egypt was according to exodus the space of 430 years they was in bondage they have been praying for deliverance for 430 years god commissioned moses with aaron as his mouthpiece to lead the hebrew slaves out this is where we come to it right now understand that the place of the crossing of the Red Sea is much debated. But wherever it occurred, it's evident that the water was too deep to swim across. When you look at a topographical map, you realize that there was a different route they could have taken. Well, they could have bypassed the water. So the question you must ask yourself is, why did God lead them in that direction? You ask good questions. The first thing we're going to look at is, in the danger of insatiable desires, it shows that you have no faith in sovereignty. You have no faith in sovereignty. What do I see that at? Exodus 14, chapter 10. uh, Exodus chapter 14, verse 10. It reads, And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were so afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. They had been in bondage for 430 years, praying for their deliverance. When God brought them out with riches, they got to a place they didn't understand and they cried to go back. You'll catch that one on the way home. Verse 11 reads, and they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, has thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore has thou dealt with us, thus with us, to carry us forth unto Egypt? Where were they going? Canaan. They weren't at their destination yet. What am I trying to say? You got to understand God is in control. Don't ever be so affected by your present life circumstances that you relegate to going back to what is familiar when you have no idea what Canaan would look like. They were en route to a land flown with milk and honey, had no idea how it would look. And the first time they met, we got met with contention. They wanted to go back to what was familiar. But why did God take them that way? Verse 14, verse 1 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they turn and count before that place, between that place and the sea. Whenever you get to a word you don't understand, just say that place and keep going. Over against that place, before, it shall, before you shall encamp by the sea. Listen, for Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land and the wilderness has shut them in. God led them that route because he was setting Pharaoh up. How do I want to remix? Let me remix like this. There are times that God will orchestrate your life in such a way that people think you failing, but it's really God getting ready to put you in a place where you can be a testimony. Understand that God at times orchestrate the failures in your life. Let me let that one sink. There are times that he orchestrates the failure in your life because there are things you learn in failure that you can never learn in success. You're able to do what you're able to do now because of some of the failures that you haven't. You want Bible? They said it was good that I had been afflicted. Why? Because in his affliction, he learned something about himself and God that when he got to his bigger test, his bigger uh, triumph, he was able to deal with it. Amen. Amen. Be glad the times that God spanked your hand because he probably kept you from losing your life. Amen. It was good that you were afflicted. Had no faith in the sovereignty. Uh, verse 4 says, God says, Now I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. He said, I'm going to lead you to the Red Sea and make him follow you there. But I'm not doing this for you to be scared. When I've already told you, I'm taking you to a plan, a latest form of milk and honey. So if you're at a place right now that does not look like what I promised, don't trip. That means you got a little farther to go. They got to the Red Sea because they was able to see a river with no escape. They got fearful. But there's a problem when you have sight with no vision. You can have sight but no vision. You can have sight and just see what's in front of you, but your vision shows you what's ahead. See, many of us don't have faith. What we have is reasoning on tiptoes. As long as we can see it, we'll believe it. Y'all gonna help me. The next point we will look at is there was also no faith in support. Whenever you get to a point to where your desires can't be satisfied, you have no faith in the support God sends. Exodus chapter 15 reads, verse 23. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. Now, if God allowed them to come out of bondage with riches, through a red sea surely he could provide for their basic needs why would he allow them to take that riches into his kingdom into the land of wilderness because see what God wants us to realize is the bible biblical principle of what you make happens for others God make happen for you it's a principle so while you're planning on your business have you joined someone that's in a vision for their business because what you make happen for others God make happen for you And it's all the principles of your giving. I know we don't like talking about it in church. But God has promised that I will make all grace abound towards you. The Bible already shows us that God's eyes go to and fro throughout the land. Looking. That God says when you are a giver. When my eyes are going to and fro throughout the land. I place a target on your back that I send grace to you. Let me remix it like this. One of the issues we have in the church today with preachers and pastors is a lack of transparency. We give the erroneous idea that everything with us is okay. We'll allow you to be captivated by the suits and the cars and think that we don't endure the same things you endure. One of the things right now that me and my wife is dealing with is right now we are probably dealing with one of the most difficult times financially that we've ever dealt with in our years of marriage. But what I've committed myself to doing uh, as a Friday night, I said, Father, whenever You give me an opportunity to minister your word. I am going to look for an opportunity to sow. You. Stand up. You. Understand. What you make happen for others, God make happen for you. I told my wife, I am going to give my way out of our situation. Why, Why do I say that? Because the Bible says give... And it shall be given unto you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. You will realize that when they got to a point where they was going to build the temple, the same gold that they were sold into, they planted it back into the kingdom for the building of the temple. I keep going. I keep going. I know it get quiet. You want to talk about giving. So they complained about the waters. But when you complain about your basic needs, you are showing no faith in the sovereign God who has already promised that he will supply all your needs. The problem is we have confused our needs for our greed. God promised you your basic needs, food, water, shelter. Whether it's bankhead or buckhead, don't matter. If you have a place to stay, God has kept his promise. If you have food on your table, God has kept his promise. The reason why our children are not appreciative is because we're not appreciative. Here it is. Your children will follow the road you thought you covered up. What you model, they will mimic. So if you're not content with God and just having your basic needs met what he promised, then how are you going to raise them to be that way with God? So they got to a wilderness. They just got freed from bondage out of 430 years, which shows you we pray for stuff all the time and that when we get it, we don't know how to appreciate it. They prayed for their freedom. They got it. And when they didn't have their basic need met, which was water, they complained. Matthew chapter six shows you don't even pray for your needs because God has promised to give them. And now all you got to do a seek kingdom kingdom. So why are we praying for things that God has promised? Well, we can just do what it says to get it. Amen. Amen. There was no faith in the sustenance. There was no faith in the sustenance. Where was that at? Chapter 16, verse 11. And I'm almost done. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmuring of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And it came to pass that at even the quails came up, Covered the camp, and in the morning, the dew laid around about the host. Understand, every need they had, God had met. Provision. They didn't have a lot of clothes, but the Bible says that when they came out of the wilderness, God made it to where they clothes didn't and fail, and their ankles never swole. What does that mean? Although they had nothing new, he preserved what they had. Amen. Amen. And it's interesting how we allow the devil to make us think we can't keep doing what we're already doing. If you're already struggling, why are you saying, I, I, I can't keep struggling? It will stand the reason if nothing else changes, you will just keep struggling. So if you're already making it barely, why you think God can't keep letting you make it that way? You will say, I can't keep raising these children by myself, but you're already raising them by yourself. So it's stand the reason if nothing changes. you'll keep doing what you're already doing. So why are you allowing the devil to make you can't do something you're already doing? Amen, lights. I'm trying to help you. They were going to Canaan. Then my wife had a conversation about some other things I want to do vocationally. And she was ministering to me and saying, just make sure you're staying focused because what you're talking about doing now is not in line with where you say you're going. And my comment to her was, I understand that, but I realized that anything I do now was just temporary. I don't care how many lily pads God had me jump from. I know when I finally stop, I'm going to be at his destination. Yeah. So whatever goes on right now, it doesn't bother me because I look at it like it's temporary because I know where he's taking me. God gave them a vision of what the of what Canaan was going to look like. Why does he do, he do that? So when you get in the situation that you started to doubt. You can reflect back on your vision and say, you know what? This don't look like what God told me, so this can't be my end. How do I bother myself? Me and my wife have been trying to have another child for nine years. I have a 12-year-old. Four years ago, with tears in my eyes, I went to God. God, If we're not supposed to have another child, just show me where I can move past it. Four years ago, I was crying out to him, literally crying. God showed me that night I was going to have a child. And I held on to my faith on him. I had just had surgery. I had two surgeries, uh, this, this year in the month of April 2, a, a week apart of each other. And on the way to, uh, on the way back from one of my post op, I went to the doctor with my wife. Just a regular checkup. For them to come in and say, you're pregnant. Y- y'all done here. For them to say, you're pregnant. But when did God show me that we were gonna have a child? Four years ago. So when trying to decide how many children we're gonna have, I had to go back to it and say, but wait a minute, babe. God said, show me a girl. We have, but we finna have a boy. So that means this ain't the only one that we're going to have. Why? Because I know what he showed me. So regardless of what's going on now, he's already shown me where I'm going. So all this is just temporary. Even right now when dealing with my financial situation that we're dealing in, how can I continue to sow seeds when I have needs? Because I'm working the principle. Understand, it is not God that determines your prosperity. It's you because he gave you a covenant. Well, you have a covenant, you have the one who gives the covenant and the one he gives the covenant to. And you have rules and regulations that determine how you get it. God gave us a covenant in Joshua 1.8 that he will make us prosperity and give us success if we follow it. Job 36.11 says that if you obey and serve him, you'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. So why are you asking for prosperity and success when all you got to do is obey and serve and get it? We pray and ask God for things that he's promised to give us all because we're too lazy to do what he asks us to do. You determine it. God says, I will give you all sufficiency in all things. All sufficiency. He says, I give you things richly to enjoy. God could have just said, I give you all things to enjoy and it would have been enough. But he added a superlative on it. He said, I'm going to give you all things richly. Then Proverbs ten twenty two says, the blessings of the Lord make it rich. And he adds no sovereign with it means I don't even have to be feel guilty about being in a place of prosperity. So when I look at these promises and I realize that my life is not at that place yet, I realize how oh, I'm, I'm on my way. But while I'm going now, I'm still planting. I'm still sowing seeds. I'm going to give my way out of my situation. Everything with God works in reverse. If you want to be great, you have to be Lord. Yes. If you want to be a leader, you have to serve. Yes. We tell children to be like adults, but Jesus said be like children. Yes. Because they have a more matter of fact of, of faith. It yes. don't take proving. Yes. They'll believe. Yes. It's the same way with our giving. God said if you want it, you, gotta sow. you got to sow. See, we always focus on the exceedingly abundantly above, yes. but we miss the part where he says give. Yes. Yes. Give and it shall be given back to you in greater proportion than what you gave. Amen. Amen. I can hold a handful of wilder seeds, mm-hmm. but when I plant them and the harvest come, I'm going to need a truck to help me carry it. Amen. And understand, even in their wilderness, God sent them with the provision to be able to build something for his kingdom. Yes. That was going to bring back eternal returns. As long as you hold on to it, he can't do nothing with it. And you got to ask yourself, am I content or am I insatiable where I can't be satisfied? What if God promised you that I will give you no reward for what you do on this side of heaven? And you're going to have to get them all on the other side of heaven. Would you be content? What if your life doesn't change? What if your financial situation doesn't change? Is he still God? Is he still God? Understand that when you pray your prayer, God answers it right then. We have to catch up with him. You want Bible? Daniel prayed for 21 days. But when the angel got there on the 21st day, he told Daniel, God heard you the first day. Amen. And he sent me, but I've been fighting the angel of Prince of Persia for 21 days in heaven. What Daniel give us is a picture of what happened when we pray. When we pray and ask God for something, God dispatches an angel. The devil dispatches a demon. And they literally fight in the heavenlies trying to get your prayer through. Amen. I often ask myself when I read the story of Daniel, what would have happened if Daniel stopped praying on the 20th day? Because on that 21st day of praying and fasting, God sent angel, the, Michael of, the angel of war, Michael, to help Daniel, to help the angel fighting. Then when he got there, the angel that had his message was able to get to him. And when he got to Daniel, he said, God heard you the first day. Amen. Amen. God does not work in our time. And when you realize that God is giving you a vision of something, you hang on to it and tell yourself, I can be content with where I am right now because I know where I'm going. Amen. When you go back and read, God told them, do not dig your don't dig your t- your, uh, the stakes of your tent all the way in the ground. Why? Because you need to be able to move. This ain't temporary. This temporary. This is not your Canaan. Some of us are in places in our lives that God intended to be temporary and we've dug our stakes in. And we wonder why we're uncomfortable because God said, "You know, this is not. This don't look like what I told you I was seeing. If you're His uh, daughter, God's daughter, why would He send you a man that is not saved? Why, with a loving God and understanding in the Hebrew culture, it was the male's responsibility to provide for the spiritual and ed- other educational needs of his family. Why would God send you someone who's not saved?" That is totally antithetical to his word. Don't let desperation cause cause you make a bad decision. Amen. If what you're going through don't look like what God shows you, he's taking you. That means you just got a little farther to walk. And being able to be content and saying, you know what? If I have to eat sandwiches for breakfast, lunch and dinner, it's OK. Yes. And I will teach my children that God has promised to provide. And that's exactly what he's doing. Amen. We got to get our priorities back in place and not allow our desires to become overwhelming. Just want to thank you for joining us at Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need a word. I just pray. And even right now, even right now, if you could, just bow your heads right now. Some of you may be at a place where I was, when you get to that crossroad where you you feel you've done all you, you can. You're doing all you can do. You're serving in ministry. You're helping others. You're sowing seeds. But it seems that you're not getting your return. What do you do? You take him at his word. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I need God so much in my life that I cannot afford to not start working his promises and his principles. And I promised God Friday night And every opportunity that he give me to preach his word is going to be an opportunity for me to give because principles of giving and tithing is the only thing in your Bible he said we can test them on he said prove that I will not open up the windows of heaven so father we come right now Lord father for that one Lord God that can be honest within themselves and say they know they're on the edge of giving up they even came in here today not understanding how they were going to make it. Father, your word says you are not a respecter of persons. So whatever you've done for me, you can do for others. So Father, I share my testimony on today not to get anything in return but just to show them that you're making a way for me. That Father, how when you told me in January that my wife's income would not be needed was at a time where I had three streams of income and thought that was why you was doing it. So when she came away from working, I lost those other two streams of income just for you to show me that you told me that for me to teach me that you're the one that can supply even in the season of lack if I continue to be faithful. So, Father, I've given more in this time of difficulty than I did when I was living in my time of abundance. So, Father, I just pray right now, Lord God, for that one that in the midst of what they're going through, Father, has started to fall back from your promises, Lord, that you will just reignite them right now. Father, for that one that's on that job and, and they're trying to be motivated in, in their business opportunity, Father, but the resources are not coming in. Help them hold on to your principles. Father, for the anointing that the pastor's talking about, Lord God, allow that to flow throughout this house. That everything they hands touch be blessed. Everything they walk upon be blessed. Father, Their children be blessed. And Lord God, we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor because even in this wilderness period Lord God, we can still praise you because you're still providing and by virtue of the fact that we are standing here right now, it's testimony enough that you are God and you are God alone because six months ago we didn't know how we was going to make it, but we're still here three years ago we thought we were about to check up out of here, but we're still here so Father we thank you Lord we thank you good. Father, when I got up this morning, I didn't put my shoes on my head because you had me in sound mind. I was able to look at my wife with my unborn child and look at my daughter who I dropped off at church and just give you praise. Father, thank you that I have my needs met it may not be in as timely of a fashion as I want it to be, but Father, you meet my needs. So Lord God, we give you honor. We lay our cares and concerns down at your feet right now. And Father, we promise not to pick them back up. We realize that you took them through that red sea because you know man's propensity to turn back to what's familiar. Because we realize when the devil can't trip over what's new, he'll bring back the familiar. Which is why when we're trying to get our lives back on track, you bring back somebody out of our past. So Father, help us to keep walking. Do like Elijah When we decide to follow you, we break up the yoke. Kill the animals to prevent any opportunity of going back when it gets hard. Your word says the man that put his hands to the plow is not fit if he looks back us to move forward, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how difficult it is, and Father, even if we can't take one step forward, help us to they stand and see your salvation. Send your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. listening to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This message is number 6302. That's 6302. The title of this message was, The Danger of Insatiable Desires by Terence Albritton. To send this message number 6302 to a friend, go to airjesus.com or theonlineword.com. Listen regularly and keep your spirit charged up.